Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, and welcome. Welcome to yet another Lynn Cullen Still Alive. It's May 4th. It's a Tuesday, so Susan should be there. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. God, Susan. You, you tell me. Su- Susan. Susan's waiting for her third grandchild to enter this world. I decided, Susan, that this child is... Um, on strike. Really, yes, yes. And no, in fact, is smart. This child is aware of the world it's coming into. And frankly, I, I was thinking of back in the 60s, the chant we used to do uh, during the Vietnam War. I think this little baby is saying, hell no, I won't go. Perfectly happy. <laughs> Perfectly happy where it is, floating around in amniotic fluid. Um, how overdue is this kid now? Uh, eight days. <coughs> God. Which wouldn't be bad, but we thought she was coming early because she, she's she been having you know early labor, yeah. you know, and then she just stops. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I've been locked up for a while now. And it turns out... Uh, you know, one of the things that we learned, it turns out that I'm well suited to solitary confinement. And what is that? Why is that? Well, because oh, I mean, I'm, you are. Because yeah, doing okay. I'm, I'm doing okay. I do miss an occasional trip to the grocery store, but it turns out that's my only required socialization. So <laughs> we should say that Susan is under lockdown because her daughter wants her to be able to help with the baby, but there's concerns about, I don't know, everything. COVID? Everything. everything. Any, any, any bugs that are out there. Um, and, uh, and if, if a, if a small, if a, if an, if a neonate, a new baby spikes a fever, they get hospitalized and, um, and they don't want that to happen in the time of COVID. In they don't want that to happen at all. They certainly don't want it. So, but this is not new. I mean, when my when my uh, first grandchildren were born, I had to get all sorts of uh, new vaccinations and all sorts of things to be allowed near the baby. Well, it's um, a wonder any of us survived. It is. You know. Well, I mean, uh, but I will remind our you mothers, that. Our mothers smoked and drank. And uh, and I spent my whole first year in the hospital, but you see, you don't remember that. But Bill was in um, kindergarten, and he was bringing everything known to man home to the house. And I was a brand new baby, and I was hospitalized several times during my first year. Well, anybody living in a home with a kid who's coming back from school is getting sick all the time. So what? That's right. So you mean? So, so well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Jeez, I hope this kid comes soon. Honest. Well, I'm just eager to meet whoever it is, and I'm and I'm and whatever I'm going through, it ain't what my daughter and her husband are going through. If I mean, they're the ones that would like this to proceed at pace. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but everybody's fine. There's nothing wrong with anybody, you know. And if well, it goes on good. too long, they'll go in after it. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a that's a militant in there. Hell no, I won't go. Hell no, I won't go. I just think you know. Or it's someone that it's already so much like uh, its grandmother that uh, it experiences any request to move as an eviction and gets very anxious about the whole thing and just doesn't want to go. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. All right. Well, yeah. listen, Suze, um, the uh, the story I want to, there is a story out of uh, Chicago um, about this despicable human being. Timothy Nielsen is his name. And he has been charged with four counts of attempted murder. And that awful human being. That's his name. This person, he actually said to his neighbor before he attempted the murder, he said, 
There's a bunch of yuppies on the boulevard out there with their dogs. Watch what I'm going to do. He was talking about a group celebrating a birthday party, picnicking on, um, on I guess, what? The this is Logan Square. It's, it's a, okay. Chicago, Chicago has, is, uh, has tons of neighborhoods that are formed around little squares and parks. Squares, and, right. and this is one on the west side of Chicago, actually quite near me. Yeah. So anyway, so he he sees these people and he he is annoyed by their very existence, apparently, sitting, not bothering him with their dogs and having a party. And so what he did was ram his car, drove his pickup pick truck, truck, right? Yeah, of course, it's a pickup. Drove his pickup truck direct over the curb directly into them. And... um Pinned a woman underneath his truck. I mean, you know, one woman pinned. There was another one injured. There were there was a pregnant woman who just managed to get out of the way. He gets out of the truck with a knife. He ends up uh, slashing one of them, screaming um, an anti-Asian slur at one of the people who tried who was there trying to stop them. But so I'm reading about him, thinking, Good God in heaven! Then here's the part, though, and here's a, here's a here's an eyewitness. He ran over a bike. He ran over a chair. He ran over a couple other bikes, and I didn't see exactly how he hit the woman in the cooler, but she ended up under the vehicle. La da yada yada yada, on and on. And so, um, here's the. This is just like a throwaway line at the bottom of this story in the Washington Post. So he's wielding a knife. The woman's still stuck under the car. And here's what the Washington Post says. This is one sentence. The attack ended when a woman who was driving pulled over and stepped in. She managed to take the knife and the keys from Nielsen and turn his truck off. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In your dreams. No, and it was a grandmother. She had her grandchild in the car. It was a grandmother. Yeah. But why don't they tell you? What do you mean she took the knife away from him? She took the knife away from him and she uh, turned off his car and she got the key so he could get back in the car. And then the police arrived. And so I read this story and all I could think of is what the hell? And of course I had to look at the comments and the comments were, whoa, what a badass woman. I want, I, you know, that, that's the amazing story. But obviously this is just more of these people emboldened to just what show their right. feet. I don't My know guess is she was an, an, an older white woman that this man would listen to. You know, he, he just, he, this was a group of diverse people that he plowed into and he's just this awful um, ex-con. I mean, he's not a nice man to begin with. He's got a record and everything else. It's, you know, well, he's going away for a long time with this 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 one. Um, well, this is three attempted murders. Yes, yes, yeah. So, good God in heaven. Um, but yeah, that's so, why I box every day because in my dreams I go and take that, that guy woman. out. Yeah, yeah. Beyond the news. Well, she's Grand not because I watched this on the news last night, and I will tell you there was not a word about her. Jeez, she's a story. <laughs> I want to know how she did it. Well, she I might not want to be the story, you know. Well, she might not want to be. That's true. That's true. So, um, I uh, last night watched. Uh, finally, now that it's available on my screen at home, I watched Nomad Land. Have you seen it? No, I didn't because um, uh, I just read a lot a lot of reviews from people that didn't like it. So I thought, well, I'm right. going to watch it. Well, I had read those too. I watched it and I thought it was brilliant. Well, it's it good enough to win the best picture. 
it is brilliant. It's not perfect. I like the, it is, I, I mean, I rarely can watch anything in my own home without, you know, getting up, moving around, doing something else. I sat just transfixed because, first of all, it, the, the, the beauty of the cinematography and the beauty it shows of this country. Uh, in some ways, I thought it was almost a love letter. I never heard anybody say this, a love letter to the American people and the country. And it, it makes sense that it was this Chinese woman who came here and fell in love with America who did it. So it is as close to a love letter. There is nothing, even though it is, it is not a political movie, even though it shows, you know, the, the Americans who have been displaced uh, to the point where they're living in vehicles and 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 creating a you know a, a band of of nomads who go from job to job. They work they work at an Amazon uh, warehouse and then they go and harvest beets in uh, you know North Dakota or wherever the hell they were and and. You know, instead of it being a polemic about these people, it celebrates them. And I was blown away by that. It, the celebration of Americans who don't have it all, but who band together and who take care of each other. And there was a nobility about these people. And what I loved about it was the reality of it. The fact that almost everybody you're seeing is a real person and is, in fact, living that life. And so it's almost like a documentary. And I loved the documentary whenever it sort of pulled away to create a little bit of, of a story you know, where the Hollywood part came in, I often had trouble and didn't like it and found it, oh, come on, that isn't right. But as soon as it got back to documentary, it felt right again. Um, it was, I thought, extraordinary. I really thought extraordinary. You watch that. Okay. Don't listen. I no, thought I, I've been, I've been like. it to her. Her having a diarrhea attack in a bucket, you know, that's, well, yeah, it's a great story. And I, and I uh, shared some of these negative reviews on the show. And then I said, watch it. And I watched that. And wow, it is, it is a portrait of the America that most of us don't see because it is the invisible Americans, the homeless. Although there's a great line uh, in it where uh, a child says to uh, Francis McDormand, um, my mom says you're homeless. And she said, no, no, I'm not homeless. I lost my house. I'm houseless. But my home is where I am and where I go in my in my van. And I thought there was something wonderful about that as well. But the real people you meet are mind blowing. Two women in particular and one guy. I mean just mind blowing. If it were done by a political person, it would have been uh, a different a totally movie. Different thing. Right. But this is that woman who came here from China and who lived here with poorer people. She never, she, I, I remember reading somewhere that she lived in a, you know, a really sort of dumpy neighborhood somewhere in California and always was with, you know, working class people in, a, in America, people who didn't have much. 
and she fell in love with them and she fell in love with the expanse that's the other thing the expanse of this country and its physical beauty and the kindness of its people what could be more wonderful than to be reminded that Americans can be seen as extraordinarily kind and working together to help each other. It is everything that seemingly we are not right now and it, with, uh, with the pandemic and everything else in our politics. It was like such a different perspective. And um, I, maybe I'm romanticizing it, but I, I just found it brilliant. Except when it wasn't. But Except really. when it wasn't. Well, I'll try and watch it. I've been stuck uh, on uh, the total other end of the spectrum. I've been binge-watching Married at First Sight. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's a, is that some horrible reality show? Season? Yes, it is, but it's strangely oh compelling. God. It is strangely compelling. It is um, a, a group of mental health uh, professionals and uh, sociologists and other sorts of people get together and a bunch of people apply and they if they match as many couples as they think actually match some say they get hundreds that apply sometimes there's three people three couples sometimes there's five couples in a season and, and the these people gotta get married they they, they get gotta- married at first they meet each other at the altar and then, and they're married, and then they gotta, they've got uh, two months to decide whether they're going to stay married and, or get divorced. And it's amazing. I mean, these are generally people that really want to get married and aren't having any luck finding anyone to marry and think, well, arranged marriages work all the time. Let's see if this works. And it's, it's an extremely interesting social experiment to sort of, Watch. Yeah, but here's what you want it. Yeah, yes, but you're watching it through the filter of cynical producers who are creating a show, right? Yes, you so are. And and but yeah. the interesting thing is, is that that actually becomes an issue. Um, that becomes an issue. I mean, in the season I'm watching now, one person in particular can't handle the fact that there's cameras on them all the time, and um, and it and it ruins everything. Sure. I, so it's actually a bit, it's uh, it's not as as um, reality showish as other reality shows because these people are actually trying, for the most part, to see if they can make this work. And I don't know. I find it strangely. I know it's stupid, but I find it rather compelling <laughs> when I'm locked up in my house to watch all these other people struggle with real lives together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there's an awful lot of, there's a cornucopia of stuff that uh, is available to us, depending on one's mood and need. Well, I I don't know. You know, I find the whole thing very interesting because these people are from different cultures, you know, different races, different, you know, put together for different reasons, different, um, and... Uh, it's really interesting to see how the cultural differences play into what people bring into this and their attitudes. It's just, it's, yeah, I don't know why it's so interesting, okay, but it want, is. I just want to say one, one more thing about it, though. There is, a, uh, there is a relatively small pool of people that would agree to such. Oh yeah, and then and believe me, that's an I issue mean, too. And that and that's the camera part. It's not just it's the camera. There's part. people that want to be on a reality show. Stuff. You bet. Yeah, and there's people who just want to yeah be famous and have people look at them. Yeah, yeah, um, that's also an issue on this on the, on the season that I'm watching. That that's the complaint of a spouse that they weren't there for real. They were there because they wanted you know. They wanted uh, likes and well, views and all that sort of well, stuff. Yeah, they wanted. Yeah, maybe get lucky, create a brand, right? Right. So there's all that going on. So hey, I got to tell you, tomorrow there's a big thing uh, happening, and it's when this thing called the Oversight Board, which is something that was created 
at Facebook's request. Right. Uh, and it, it's unclear to me if somebody can find something that tells me how many people are on this board. They are from all over the world. They are, I mean, I think there's a former Danish prime minister or something on it. There's a Nobel laureate. Um, the company, Facebook didn't have a hand in picking who is on the board. Oh, it's 20 members, 20 member board. And whatever they rule is binding on Facebook. Tomorrow they will let us know whether they have decided that Donald Trump will be allowed back on Facebook or not. And I got to tell you, if they allow him back, God help us. God help us. My only hope is that these 20 people will have hammered out a good, I don't know, we'll find out tomorrow. We will. I think it's very interesting what's happening to Liz Cheney and that we have to, that we're in this position of finding Liz Cheney as the only honorable Republican left standing. Pretty much, pretty much. Isn't it something? And, you know, she is, I mean, her politics are, like, so they make me break out in hives. But what it shows is that, yes, she sees what has happened, is happening. I think it's a done deal. What has happened to this party that she and her family have been wed to and have been leaders of. And she she simply cannot and refuses to tolerate it. She looks impressive and brave as hell she does clearly and clearly willing to lose her seat which could is the proper thing to do yes she alone almost as you say um is doing i read a piece by uh a guy named michael gerson who is a republican uh opinionator what's that that's Ernie. <laughs> what do you mean that's Ernie? That's Ernie howling. Oh, so he's so far away that it didn't sound like a howl. It just, oh my God. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. <laughs> yeah, now I can tell it's Ernie. Um, so this guy Gerson writes the most scathing column. Can I read some of it? Because I particularly enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, Ernie Howells, I will read. Ernie's done. Oh, too bad. Okay. He says, the uh, Republican Party is increasingly defined not by its shared beliefs, but by its shared delusions. (laughs) I mean, this is, okay. So this is a guy who also now will not be able to be a, member of this party, nor will Liz Cheney, nor will anybody, because he goes on. To be a loyal Republican, one must either be a sucker or a liar. And again, what this, a is nice a guy yeah. this is a guy, this is a guy I've read for years. He served in Republican administrations. He is as Republican as they get. And he, <laughs> here he is saying, if you want to be a Republican in good standing, you got two choices. Be a sucker or be a liar. Um, And he said we can safely assume that most Republican leaders are in the second category. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And and so shameless about it. It's like, ain't this fun? Let's see what we can sell them today. I know. It's beyond belief. Knowingly repeating a lie is now evidence of Republican fidelity. Uh, Moral clarity against lying is sometimes made harder by our loose application of the term. You know, when public figures disagree with you, uh, they are not generally lying, they're disagreeing. Um, 
it doesn't mean they're lying. So to, and he quotes uh, late Senator Moynihan. To preserve the meaning of words is the first responsibility of liberalism. And I got to tell you right there, both the left and the right are failing <laughs> in this country now. To preserve the meaning of words. Anyway, precisely because principal disagreement is essential in a democracy, we can't attribute every difference to deception. Uh, so he's just making a little, you know, yeah, you can equivocate, you can dissemble, you can palter, mislead, prevaricate, fib or perjure. There are mortal lies and venial lies, cruel lies and merciful lies. But the context for Trump's lies, such as when he falsely asserted that Barack Obama was born in Africa and thus illegitimate as president, that lie was permission for racism. When he claimed he saw Muslims in New Jersey celebrating on September 11th, it was a vicious lie to feed anti-Muslim prejudice. But the lie of a stolen election is the foundational falsehood of a political world view. Believing it requires Trump's followers to affirm the existence of a nationwide plot against him and his supporters, a plot led by ruthless Democrats and traitorous Republicans and ignored or endorsed by the court system and a complicit media. And then he goes here, listen to this. In the 1930s and 40s, was it plausible that the democratic leaders of Weimar Germany had stabbed their own country in the back and betrayed its people? Or that an international conspiracy of Jews was controlling all world events? While Trump's lie is not the moral equivalent of fascist propaganda, I disagree, it serves the same political function. And that's a why found, it's just as bad. That's right. That is just as bad. It is a founding lie, a foundational lie whose only intent is to get rid of messy facts and evidence. It is designed to replace critical judgment with personal loyalty. It is to encourage distrust of every source of authority opposed to the leader's will. And this guy goes on. It is the elected Republicans who are lying with open eyes out of fear or cynicism who will have the most to atone for. With the health of U.S. democracy at stake, their excuses are disgraceful. Michael Gerson, Republican. I don't know how this is going. What the hell is going to happen? Well, the sad part is, is all these people waited so long to start screaming about these things that no one listens to them. They allowed themselves to become marginalized. The time to be screaming was way at the beginning and to keep screaming and to allow another path. And I, you know, all of these, you know, Oh my God, how did this happen? I'll tell you how it happened. The good Republicans went silent. That's what happened. And now they aren't silent anymore. They all had the lead. They couldn't believe this was going to happen. I, I'm sorry. I, you know, too little, too late. This is yeah, this has I mean, been growing in that party since Ronald Reagan. That's what his attraction was, you know. And we and we remade him as this, you know, wonderful human being, which he was not. Well, he wasn't Donald Trump. No, but he was. He was on that. Trump. He was on that no, slippery he slope. Was, 
Well, yeah, no, his, the thing I most uh, hold him responsible for is his demonization of government. Um, you know, yes. government yes. is not the answer. It's the, his and, demonization and, 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 of government. And where does that right. take us? Well, we're seeing. So I just, uh, these, I don't know what's going to happen, though. I mean, I'm sorry. And, and I don't either because is, is we aren't doing anything in the midterm. Party, no, this party could take back the House. Yeah. This and when I, when I see, of, like, in White fascists. And when I see what the Democrats are putting up, you know, for example, in Missouri, where Blunt is not running again. And yeah. and who's stepping up to be the Republican nominee? Well, I know you're a disgraced former governor. The governor that got kicked out. Sex scandal. Yeah. The sex scandal. And that, and that was just the tip of the iceberg. He was he's just one of these behind the, yeah. you know. But wait, so who are the Democrats putting up? Well, uh, there are five people that have thrown their hat in the ring. Let me just say I'm pretty into Missouri politics, the only name that I uh, uh, recognized in any way, um, I recognized because he's the child of this, the classmate of my children at uh, in elementary school. And, um, and he's just a 37 year old, never had any experience whatsoever in, in uh, government. Wait a minute. He can't be the child of one of your children. No, classes. he's a child of so he's he's a, he's a guy that went to school with my kids. He's a child of someone they, of the parents that I knew. Um, he's just so a he's thirty seven. Age. He's he's young. He's thirty seven. Okay, and so, he and with no experience. There's three other guys like him. Uh, no experience in government. N no name recognition well, whatsoever. This is what happens? Wait a minute. This is what happens when you have a state that has gone totally red, there are no Democrats with experience. Your, your legislature is overwhelmingly Republican. Your state government officials have been over. How does a Democrat get any, uh, get any power or position in the first place in a state like that? I don't know. And Claire McCaskill is just happy as a clam not to be involved anymore. So... And I don't well, blame her. All right. Yeah, it's 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 worrisome. Yeah. Hey, uh, obits today. I just have one little quick thing. It's not the whole obit. It was in the local paper, and um, it was the untimely death of a lovely-looking woman of fifty-two, and it just said that she had. After a brief disagreement with cancer. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. It's an interesting locution, and it was a welcome from not, you know, the usual courageous battle. Yeah, right. Uh, Walk courageously to the end. Yeah, right. But a brief disagreement. Yeah. It's it's not strong enough for me because I wouldn't say it was a disagreement, but but yeah, whatever. I appreciated that. Um we've got a number of callers, so we better get moving here. Um hello. Go ahead, please. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi Lynn. Hi Susan. Good morning to both. Hi. Hello. Hello. Uh by the way, I would agree with Susan. Well, uh, first of all, the, quote, good Republicans, unquote, were not only silent, they were in most cases complicit. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. They, they stoked the anger and used the code words and fed the metaphorical red meat to the uh, irrational base in order to win elections because their actual policies wouldn't, wouldn't went over more than a tiny segment of the American electorate. Right. Uh, so, they, so they had to stoke anger, fear, and, res and racial resentment. Yeah, that's that, the game plan. That was, yeah. that was the game plan all along, and it simply grew out of their control. 
the uh, the the inmates began running the asylum. Um, I I agree with I agree with Susan that one. I mean, the GOP was immensely successful in whitewashing Ronald Reagan's administration. Uh, he his administration ignored the age crisis. There were members of his cabinet who mocked. Uh, the the AIDS, AIDS victims when it was you know, early on simply known as gay plague backed right wing death squads in Central and South America, you know those those friendly folks who uh, massacred nuns and threw priests out of planes. Oh, excuse me, helicopters to to be to be accurate. Uh, the per, uh, perpetrated the utterly unconstitutional. Illegal, um, you know, Iran Contra affair, where he was supplying arms to Iran. You know, our, 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 you know, that evil rogue nation of Iran. You know, wh- whom all you know, great devout patriots utterly despise, but but whom Saint Reagan sold arms to in exchange for hostages. Do, do we recall that? Yeah, and. The other thing that is just, and Lynn, you've coined it correctly. They're shameless. They've been shameless and relentless. They mock Joe Biden as senile. Meanwhile, they deified Ronald Reagan. Yeah, who actually Who actually was. Go back and watch the first Reagan-Mondale debate. He didn't know where he was at one point. He he forgot that he was at a debate. He was gone, and they deify him. He, they want to rename, you know, some public uh, uh, space in every town in America after Ronald Reagan. But okay, but, but, but move, you know, move, let's get off of Reagan because this is such yeah. ancient history. Well, let's Please. let's go to let's go to the uh, categories that Gershon mentioned. I guess I'll add a third, which is utter kook. You know, you're either you know a liar. You know, a dupe or a kook. When Mitt Romney, or all three, when Mitt Romney, or maybe a degenerate like Matt Gatt, like uh, uh, Matt Gates. Gass. Yeah. Gates. Gates. Excuse me. Hey, you know, you know what's funny about that? Because the QAnon crowd is always talking about pedophiles and they're yeah. Democrats. They're totally and silent. Pedophiles yeah. are always Republicans. Oh, what well, is he, this? From he's two he's of their. Framed, don't don't wait, you understand? He's being framed by the, the deep state. Oh, That's a frame okay. up by the deep okay. state. Uh, the, I mean, when they, when they booed when they booed Mitt Romney and called him a communist, a communist Mitt Romney was the embodiment <laughs> of of, I mean, of of so-called you know vulture capitalism, a leveraged buyout specialist. Yeah, that's his, a commie his for father, you. His well, his father if, was the CEO. Archetypal commie in my book. Yeah, yeah. Well, Listen, what, yeah, we're dealing, look, you know, our, our opportunities for outrage and disbelief, yeah, we're dealing with a demented, um, crazed, I, I, and this is why I'm so scared, because I don't know how you deal with over a third of the nation who's gone crazy. Cuckoo. Cuckoo crazy. Well, you know, it, it's really a problem because if you just bring it down to, you know, people in one's own family who you might actually love and care for and they're spouting this crap. And there's and and, and in they risk their lives in so doing. I mean, you know, they might not get a vaccine because that's part of the crap. Look at, look at well, these people idolize. Donald Trump looks like a buffoon. He looks like a buffoon. If this was your a leader, if they, this was your know, great I, uncle or grandfather, yeah. you, you'd say, you, "Look, we got to talk." No, you, you look done. absurd when you go. No. That's to your eyes, to my eyes. We can't believe it. They see this godlike figure. Believe it or not, that's how crazy. And they will file his word. Is and all of these Republicans who want desperately, really, to be rid of him, genuflecting at his feet. The display is so 
it's just frightening. It's frightening. I'm, that's all I want to say. I'm, I'm just scared because I don't know how you get out of this. I don't know what you do. What we get, we'll have after everybody gets vaccinated, we'll have uh, free lobotomies for uh, <laughs> for for Republicans, and paid for by the government. Republican lobotomies, you know, just go to your go to your local hospital and sign up. Hey, I got we got other callers, so I'm going to have to let you go. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay, who be next? Well, that was like well wow. worse than being on the phone after blow. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't cover. He didn't cover one thing uh, that I was going to cover. I was, gonna, you know, talking about Reagan. You know, not being, yeah. you know, not being as bad as Trump. And yes, he was. He just had better hair and better delivery. You know, and, and the one thing that he didn't bring up was, you know, the uh, welfare queen, Cadillac driving welfare queen trick. You know, right. That, yeah. That it, it was the same thing. Then we could, we could actually go back to Richard Nixon and his Southern strategy, where I think it actually began. All this began. So you go from Rick Nixon to Reagan. Yeah, to, yeah. You're right. I didn't go for. <laughs> yeah. You no, go. you can go far. No, it is so true. It is true. But you know, I'll tell you what. Also, Reagan begot. That's how Roger Ailes oh, got yeah. into. Politics and Roger Ailes, of course, brought us Fox News, mm-hmm. and pretty much right there, you start to see how an entire, you know, third of a nation becomes crazy. And, well, uh, they were they were just no. That's what propaganda does. That's right. that's this is just a case study and how to manipulate a population and and play on all of their worst impulses to create a movement. It, it, it's right. not the first time it happened. It was, it, he followed the playbook exactly. And that's why when people start talking about Nazi Germany, it's appropriate. It's not inappropriate. It is a direct comparison. Absolutely true. And now you got Republican columnists saying, in 30s and 40s Germany, uh, yeah, that's where you start the foundational lie. Yeah. And you and end I, up with, well, well I was, can't talk. Go ahead. <laughs> I, well, I wasn't going to talk over you, but, but uh, I, I had promised myself not to do puns, but I have to say, you know, this is what ails us. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, That's not bad. Yeah. But, in that, but bad. I was to talk about family members and friends and us bleeding heart liberals not wanting to confront them. I, I don't. A guy I knew from high school dumped him. Stop calling him a friend because he was a Trump supporter. You know, and he, I mean, he got, he got, I can't believe you're going to let politics come between us. I was like, no, it's not politics. It's Trump. And I said, if you support Trump, you support a lot of things that are horrible. That's against me, your own family members, you know, this, that, the other thing. Don't, I can't call you a friend because it diminishes the word friend in my head. You know, you got to go. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and I mean that's yeah. like really upsetting, and I'm like, that's too bad. And I will, and I and I will not talk to friends. But you know, although my family members are getting vaccines left and right, and you know everybody's cool, but they know that they will be dumped, or you know what I mean, that I will not hold back over a dinner table, or we're not going to talk politics. But you don't want me here, I will leave. <laughs> if you you know if you like, if this, I said this is too serious. But the bleeding heart liberals don't want to make waves. I said this before. You know, back in 2016, oh, you don't want to, you know, make waves with old Uncle Joe and his racism. So we just kind of ignore him and let him talk. Same problem you're talking about the Republicans not making waves, you know, in the beginning. So were the Democrats because they didn't want to, you know, upset old, you know, Aunt Mabel. No, <laughs> and it get. turns out, it turns out <laughs> Clarence, that all you, all you need is one brave person to walk up to a bully and take away his knife and his gun. Exactly. Yeah, where is that? And it could be a little old woman. You know? good, yeah. Wait a minute. That's a good callback to the beginning of the show. That's ex- the perfect analogy. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Which I would have thought about. By the way, I'm stealing it. Huh? <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> it's a classic. It's a 
it, though. Uh, that's why these moments, like um, what's his name before the House on American, oh, have you at long, you know, laugh no decency, decency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was the beginning of the end of McCarthyism, and and but yeah, the moment has to be right, and mm-hmm. people have to be willing. Enough people have to be willing. But if you think about that, McCarthyism was the same group of Americans who we're freaking out about now. Yeah, they never go away. They just they go never silent. Go, you just have to sort of get them back under their rocks. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I was talking about, you know, when you talk to your friends and family and you tell them exactly how you feel, you don't care about the feelings, you don't care about losing them, you don't care about, you change the zeitgeist. You know, it's basically, you know, you, you make them cool, you make being against them the cool thing to do because they're followers <laughs> you know what i mean they right. need they need right. strong leadership and if you let the wrong leader lead them you're, you're going to have a problem that's right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right and 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 most of them and especially when i look at the people uh in my own family uh that that would fall into this category they are basically a bunch of chip on their shoulder, insecure folks who think they should have gotten more out of life. Yeah. And I, and I look at them and I think, how dare you? You know, how badly are you doing? And if you're doing badly, it's your own damn fault. You had the same advantages as everybody else in your family. Get, you know, go for it. It's, it but that's who it is. It's just these, it's a lot of folks who think that the world owed them something they didn't get. And it's every, it's, just that disgustingly simple. It's, it's a bunch of whiners. Yeah, whiners. I'm telling you. That's all Trump does is whine. Mm-hmm. That's they totally understand. It's where's mine? He's getting more than me. Where's mine? They're whiners. I have to find this 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 uh psycho uh, psychology article that I read a few years ago. About the you know the you know the, the the one percenters you know or the people who are up there and how depressed yeah. they are and how they need to get more and more and more and more and more and more yeah. and more <laughs> you know the, the, right. the, the, the well look who's yeah. getting divorced I guess money doesn't bring you much happiness <laughs> yeah you know but I I, I I had that discussion with a group of friends were on Facebook yesterday and I told them I said come on now let's be realistic it's twenty seven years they've been together for twenty seven years. You know, that's, that's, a long, that's a long run. I know. Yeah. I'm sad about it. I'm sad about them. I do, I'm sad about it. I don't I'm understand. Not, I'm not sad about it. I understand that it's 27 years. We were indoctrinated to believe that you're supposed to be married for a lifetime, and that's rare. I'm, I'm thinking if you go for a quarter well, century, it's rare you're going to be It's rare that that is a good situation. Yeah. Most mm-hmm. people just sort of like, all right, this Look. is my bed, and I'll lie in it. Hey, I gotta let you go. I oh, well, come on! I want to. I want to beat the other guys a long time. I'm just you don't. You don't. Know, <laughs> <you're just, laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Are okay. you whining? Are you whining? <laughs> yes, I'm whining. I don't care. Yes, you are. The whole world's picking on me. Bye, Clara. Have a good day. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Caller, um, if I do, come on in now. Otherwise, forever hold your whatever you want to hold. Uh, Bye. Hello. <laughs> See, Hello. Hello. Hello, Lynn and Susan. This is Felicity. Hi, Felicity. Felicity. Hi. Hi. I, this will be short and sweet. I was so oh, glad that you mentioned Oliver Stew. I looked it up. <laughs> I made it, and it's fantastic. It's Isn't fantastic. it the most delicious yeah. thing ever? It, it's Italian chicken soup, but it's so good. <laughs> I think that tarragon makes it extra special, too, the fresh tarragon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it is the tarragon. It's absolutely delicious. You're making me hungry. Oh, I might have to make them. It's so you good. Have, do you have any other recipes that you know are tried and true and delicious? Well, that is the run, absolutely runaway favorite at the moment. Mm. But, uh, mm. yeah, I, 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 see I, I don't. Yeah, sorry, that's I'm it. Glad Oliver Stu is I'm all glad you mentioned it. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad Thank you, you very much. It. Okay. Bye, Felicity. Bye. Okay, I've got a bunch of emails here. 
and they, okay, two of them are about the Facebook thing. Uh, Chuck says, I find it laughable that Facebook has created this oversight board to make decisions on suspensions. Facebook has an established set of rules and Trump violated those rules. I was once suspended by Facebook myself for posting a very artistic semi-nude photo in a private photography group. And I was suspended for a month. What Trump did was far more objectionable. By the way, Trump's Facebook account is still active. The last post was January 6th. <laughs> you can still visit his Facebook page. I would also argue that giving him back his account would be very bad, but not as bad as giving him back his Twitter account. I think Twitter banned him for life. I That's my memory, but I don't know. Brooke writes, for all those saying that Trump's suspension from social media is an assault on free speech, the First Amendment is there to protect your speech from the government, not to protect your speech from private organizations like Facebook. When you sign up for Facebook, you agree to their rules and their penalties. If you violate them, you suffer the consequences. I think Facebook has opened a can of worms which will be very hard to close up again. Well, it's right because they had an exception. Their rules had an exception for, for a political speech. Yeah. yeah. They said they weren't going to police it. So they said, go ahead. Why? Why? Propagandize, do whatever you want. Yeah, they cut out, they cut out a whole exception. But it is right to remind people what the First Amendment says and who it protects you from, and it's the government silencing you. I'm, I'm totally in, within my rights to shun anybody all I want and to, yeah, and to, and to just shut them down. And that's what each of us can do, for example, on Facebook. When you unfriend somebody, what do you think you're doing? Well, people, you see, but individual people are loathe to do that. You know, we prefer somebody culling for us, right? And I, I mean, yeah, we all have the right not to get on Facebook in the first place, not to get on Twitter, not to, to unplug ourselves from this swamp. We have another caller. Hello. And then, Susan, this is Ella. Hi, Ella. And hello, I wanted to say a quick prayer. May the force be with you and your new grandchild be delivered in God's time. Yes, thank you very much. Amen. We're counting on thank the force being with us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you. And, all, and one other thing. I heard you talking about the Nomads, the movie. I haven't seen it, but I did have an idea when I was in the Family Dollar. Wouldn't it be nice for the people out there that don't have a family and no clue what it is to be a child? And to get get something going. I'm you sorry. Mean, you know what? Yeah. I'm sorry. I I was I was I didn't. What do you mean? You mean to start to, to to just buy something for people that are in need and oh and no no get no no no, no no. I would say for the people that don't have a family, we're going to gather here at the family dollar, and they're going to be they're going to support us, and just. See whoever else corporations out there want to support them and, and bring out the best in those uh, children that never had a chance. Hmm. Yes. I think anything that we can do to support each other in righteous causes is good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. Hey, thank okay, guys, you, Ella. You're thank welcome. You. So long. Thank you, Ella, and thank you for thank your you. good wishes. You're welcome. Bye. So, um, so uh, Barbara sent me a Tom Hartman uh, column um, in which he agrees with me about Nomad Land. He says it's brilliant um, and a wake-up call. But he does. He was moved by the same thing, um, you know. And he's a very political person, so he would he would approach this in a different way than the director and writer. The, the, the woman who directed it also wrote the screenplay. Mm -hmm. she, she based it on a book that was written uh, uh, by a woman named Jessica Bruder, who, uh, who actually spent uh, God knows how much time in a camper van 
and she tried to live that life over three years. She that over three years she followed these people um, and lived with them, and that's where she. So it was from her book that uh, Zhao was able to then create the screenplay. Um, it's it's really wonderful, uh, wonderful. Yeah. So as I said, not focusing on all the negatives that it clearly suggests, like there must not be a social safety net in this country. How can somebody who works their entire life have not nothing. be able to have nothing, have nothing, nothing, zero good people, strong people who, you know, a husband has died and they, you know, things have happened and, and it's just, it's a, it's amazing. And I would go for the real characters. That is so amazing. I just, I want to point out that this, the big news locally and also uh, it's a pretty big story in the New York Times today is the fact that um, Tree of Life synagogue yeah. here w will be re redone. It will look from the outside much like it looks today. Uh, those iconic windows will be kept, but everything else is going to be uh, very different. And what's amazing is that the architect who's going to do it is, uh, I mean, you can't ask for somebody better. He's the one who won the global competition to design the World Trade Center site after 9-11. He also uh, has built the Berlin uh, Holocaust Museum. He is the son of Holocaust survivors himself who were brought here by the Hebrew uh Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society that helped so many after the Holocaust find, uh, you know, a place either in Israel or the United States or wherever. They brought his family to uh, the Bronx. And it was that same group, the Tree of Life, was partnering with uh, on some right. program because they're still active. And mm -hmm. it was the killer who saw the tree of life. That's why that he picked this site. The tree of life was working with this immigrant group that was bringing these hordes into his country. And that's why he came here to Squirrel Hill and blew all those people away. And for this guy, it resonated so much because he had escaped to this country with his parents and thought he was safe again. So for him, it was particularly, it was way too close, way too close. Anyway, I'm glad because, you know, I drive by it almost every day and it's, it'll be so wonderful when that place has life in it again, because it two years, it's been two years and it's yeah, over two, it, years, it two needs, and a half. It, it needs to be, but you know it needs what? to be the tree of life again. Yeah, the guy has still not had a trial. What the hell's with that? I don't know. Your other guy, the uh, the big case of election fraud in, in Pennsylvania, however, was found guilty. <laughs> the, the guy who voted for his dead mother? Who voted for his dead mother and tried to vote for his dead mother-in-law. But I, I would like to point out that that guy got five years probation and yeah. and and that uh, there's a black woman sitting in jail for five years in Texas in Texas in Texas for trying to vote when she didn't realize it because she had uh, 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 she was on probation that she was not allowed to and they threw her in jail for five years although I don't know she had an appeal her last appeal I don't know how it went but she hasn't been winning anything you imagine you're a black woman who probably voted for a Democrat or tried to, you're in jail for five years. You're this white guy who uh, cast illegal votes for Donald Trump in Pennsylvania and you get to And apologizes on. nicely and okay. That's we'll okay. Forgive That's you. enough. Yeah. God. Well, Susan, 
Yeah. Lynn? I, yeah, I keep waiting for you to tell me. Okay. I, well, that's part I, of the issue. I can't call anybody because everybody no, no, thinks no, no, that no, I'm no. calling to tell them something. So I'm just, no, no, you know, no, no. hunkered down. No, no, no. You can call me. I'm not going to think that. But you can text me, as you said. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get a text from you in the next 48 hours. Uh, your mouth to God's ear. Yeah, well, it's hardly going out on a limb for no. God's sake. No. God. Okay. Okay. Well, well, thank you very much. That's right, but I'll leave you with one one thing that I like very much. It's a good idea for a gender reveal party. You hand out envelopes. If it's a boy, there's a dollar in it. If it's a girl, there's 72 cents. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, nobody, nobody dies. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. Okay, guys, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.